Welcome to the Fran Park Center for Faith and Life in Scottsdale, Arizona. This is the Out of the Park podcast series. We invite you to join us for other programming you can find on our website at www.franparkcenter.org. Join us. Welcome to the Fran Park Center for Faith and Life. This is our Out of the Park podcast series, a two-parter here where we're focusing on youth leaders, especially a couple of youth leaders who were part of our Leadership and Dialogue Academy a couple of summers ago, and we're checking in to see how's life going now. So we have with us now Laurel Davis, and Laurel, you are a junior in high school this year. That's right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Where do you go to school? I go to Notre Dame Prep. Notre Dame Prep is a it's a Catholic school? Yes. Yeah, and so how do you feel? We're just going to start dive into a conversation. Yeah. How do you feel being a, a Presbyterian girl at a Catholic school? <laughs> You know, I've struggled a lot with it um, in the past couple years. You know, as theology classes get deeper into the Catholic faith, it's definitely something that I struggle with trying to decipher, like, what I believe in, you know, as a Presbyterian, but also, like, going to a Catholic school. And, you know, I am the sort of minority there, being a Presbyterian, but also being, like, a strong Presbyterian in my faith and Yeah, so I have struggled a lot with being in theology class and then, you know, going to church that next Sunday and, like, hearing different things. But it's been a good experience for me because I've really grown in my faith and, like, what I believe in, and it's good to learn about a different religion. So it's been good. Yeah, and so... You know, we know, you can tell other folks, tell us about the prize that you won in theology. Oh, yes, sophomore year, I won the you know, the grade level theology award. And (laughs) it was just funny, you know, as a Presbyterian walking up and getting that award. It's like, you know, you don't have to be Catholic to master that class, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we, and you know this too, that, but here at the Park Center, we really want people to talk Mm -hmm. across difference and to get to know folks outside of their own sphere of, uh, of their own world, right? And so we often have we have people who come in and lecture and teach for us from perhaps Brophy High School, mm-hmm. you know, college, yeah. the Jesuit College Prep School. Mm-hmm. And so we're really interested in that. But it, you know, and so and, mm-hmm. and we have a lot of people that are under our, you know, come through our doors who are from multiple backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And so we treasure that. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's we're not the ones sitting there <laughs> saying, wait, wait, I'm learning this at church. And I'm also but I'm hearing this over here. Yeah. And um, but and for many young people, though, they don't have enough grounding in their own tradition, to maybe yeah. even to notice the difference. So, can you think of what you think of one thing that where you sit there and you it really you really have to think deeply about when you you know anything recently that you've had to say ah oh, that's really different or that's I've had to think about that one. Mm, there's a lot there's a lot of experiences of, that I've had with that, but especially being a youth deacon and also being a woman youth deacon, it's something that doesn't happen in the Catholic Church that never. (laughs) So yeah, I've had to sit there, you know, where, you know, women aren't really, they're part of the church, you know, they can, they're part of it. They're just not like the front runners or like the priests or the, like the deacons. So I've had to sit there and be like, well, you know, I'm a deacon, you know, get a little side eyes because it's not really the norm. So that's something that I've, you know, had to take a step back and be like, why do I believe this? And what's the importance of having a youth? working in the church. That's one of those opportunities that you've had here at Pinnacle Presbyterian Church is a sense of, as a young person, 
to be stand in the place of and alongside of those called deacons. You know, mm-hmm. this is a historic role in the church, you know, from early on. You know, early on we had these elders and deacons were part of the church structure. Mm-hmm. And then to, you know, for you at uh, 16, did, were you 16 yeah, years old when 16. you started 16? Yeah. To start, step into that role and say, yeah, well, did you give any thought to the sense of I'm stepping into a role uh, that's 2,000 years old? I didn't realize that at first, but as I was, you know, fulfilling my role, I realized how important it is to the church, especially to the Presbyterian church, who puts so much, like, emphasis on community and the sense of community of being a deacon and, like, working with elders. So, yeah, it has been a and so, and then you you kind of transitioned out of that role for this mm-hmm. year. We have we try to get two new youth yeah. deacons each year, mm-hmm. and so and then you can really focus on your studies right now. So, what you're you're a junior now, and that's yes. that, that's finishing up in a few weeks, mm-hmm. right? Junior year. Yeah. And so, are you looking forward to college? Yeah, a little bit. It's a little nerve wracking, uh, the second semester of junior year because you know you hear a lot of like college stuff. You know, you're going to tour colleges and taking SATs and trying to get the GPA that you want. So it's stressful. Um, I don't think I'm ready for college quite yet. I think I will be next year, but not not quite yet. Yeah. So yeah, over the years, you've, you know, you've had some opportunities like the de- deacons is one place to learn some leadership mm-hmm. skills. And uh, what what one, like on one leadership skill would you have taken with you from uh, from your year as a, as a, as a deacon here? I have taken away a lot of things, but I think mostly it's about learning how to communicate with people that might not be like you or, like, might not be your age. That was something because, you know, Ben was, like, the only person my age on the deacon board, so I really learned how to listen to, you know, people who are older than me, their advice. And then also being a deacon is sort of being, like, the underground work of the church because they do a lot of things that you – like wouldn't expect, you know, work on ushering, like that just doesn't happen out of nowhere. And then also like hospitality. And there's just so many things that happen within the church that are because of the deacons. So I really enjoyed being a part of that and helping the church. Yeah, a couple of years ago, we, we mentioned that, that you were part of our Leadership and Dialogue mm-hmm. Academy. Yeah. And that's a, it was a whirlwind five days, uh, you know, kind of lots to learn, lots to explore mm-hmm. and express. But Anything that you would have taken from that couple of weeks, or even the, just the theme of talking across difference and dialogue that you've that stick has stuck with you over these last couple of years? Yeah, I think it's just really important to talk to people about differing beliefs because there are so many like stereotypes and misconceptions that you don't really get to understand until you sit down with somebody and listen to what they're saying. So I take that into my daily life of being like, I disagree with you, but. Like, let's talk about it, and maybe we have more in common than we might think. Yeah, I think that's a great stance mm-hmm. of saying, in, instead of leading with, you're wrong, yeah. saying, I understand that differently. I, I mm-hmm. think I, I've got a different understanding of that. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about what you think, you know, and I think, yeah, I think we we practice some of that, but it's yeah. nice to be able to, because so few people seem to be able to practice that very skill, yes. you know, just saying, and even getting out of getting out of our own way to say, I'm willing to listen you know, mm-hmm. and we may still not change each other's minds, but at least we know more about that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so in your daily life, you know, you've, you know, you've seen now you've been in a special role. You said you've seen a little bit behind the curtain, right? A little yeah. bit of the uh, the underground work of the church as far as 
the things that seem to happen that other people, if you didn't know people were doing them, you didn't know that there's somebody, oh, wow, somebody does that job. Mm-hmm. But um, here at the church, have you had, had any other kind of leadership opportunities, something that's helped you to, to grow as, as a leader? I think being in youth group, it has a lot of leadership opportunities. And it's not just like, oh, you're the leader, you're in charge. It's like more subtle leadership of somebody new comes in. Are you going to welcome them or are you going to like put them to the side because you don't know them? So I think that's also part of being a leader is being like, hey, guys, let's go say hi to this new person and let's listen to what they have to say. Laura, how long have you been here at Pinnacle? I've been at Pinnacle since I was baptized, so 17 years. I came here a lot when I was a child going to like Sunday school and then you know as we got older we got busy with like sports and stuff on Sundays but then I really connected to this church when I was confirmed um, because I really got to learn in my faith and be like yeah I I do want to come to church and I do value this. So the confirmation process that's Mm -hmm. you know often we see we see young people in in church traditions that have confirmation sometimes we we see kids they have their parents make them do it, right? Mm-hmm. And then they, they go through it, and then sometimes we never see those kids again. But you're one of those people that after confirmation, you got more involved. What was there? Was anything yeah. special about confirmation that helped in that process? I think it was just that I went into it with an open mind, and I really was interested in learning about the church and learning about my faith. And then at the end of the journey, I was like, I do really enjoy like religion and I love this church. So I want to become more involved. So it was sort of like a natural progression of sure. My mom did make me sign up for confirmation, but then it was now it's, I choose to come to church because of that confirmation process. And because I became so like deep in my faith through that yeah, process. Well, kudos to your confirmation yeah. teacher. Yes, that was you. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I in the midst of that, that's just thrilling, mm-hmm. you know, when we see somebody who because sometimes when you're in eighth grade, you weren't in eighth grade when you did it, but sometimes eighth grade, you're just not ready to think yeah. big thoughts about faith and church and all that stuff. But we we like to model because uh, a sense of an openness in education that allows mm-hmm. you to ask questions and to and to connect with people, right? To connect in the process of learning. And so that that's all part of it. It's not like you just like we opened up your skull and dumped some, you know, theological doctrine in your head. But you you had an opportunity. Was there any any topic in the that process through that whole year or anything that said, oh, yeah, you really opened opened your your sense of ah something. I know I understand God in a bigger way or I want to learn more about God in that way. There was a lot of things, but probably something that I took away from that process was just learning about Jesus and what Jesus, you know, who he is and how important he is to the Christian faith and how, you know, he died on the cross for our sins and like how grateful we are for him and how he he's like this human like he has our tendencies. I was fortunate to lead a confirmate like to assist in a confirmation class this year earlier this year and I saw a lot of questions on how how Jesus can be 100% human, but also 100% divine. So that's one of the questions of confirmation that we work through is that Jesus can be both at the same time. Yeah, and, you know, you have a unique uh, place of being, you're not at a public school, secular school, Mm -hmm. you're in a religious school, Mm -hmm. and yet it's a place where 
you may hear things that are different from your own, you know, the own tradition in which you're, mm-hmm. you're steeped. That's like, I mean, it's a good word. I mean, you know, we, a sense of, you, you've been here since you were baptized. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a, that's some steeping going on, yeah. you know, right. But, it, but so that unique opportunities that you, I remember that you in confirmation class really saying, oh, I'm, we're, we've talked about this at school mm-hmm. or we're thinking about this. And so did you ever find yourself in conflict at that time of saying, oh, wait, well, you know, what am I supposed to think about these things? Because you're hearing two different things, perhaps. Yeah. Um, I think when we went over the Protestant Reformation in a theology class at a Catholic school, <laughs> that was that was probably the time that I thought most deeply about my faith because, you know, I'm hearing, you know, we're wrong and all this stuff. But then I come to this church where we're so loving and, you know, how we are so profound in our faith of God. Uh, so that was something that I definitely had to think through. Yeah. yeah. And so we w- we would hope in a sense of, you know, all of us, we, we would hope to be a loving place, right? Yeah. That's a, you know, the sense of that. Uh-huh. But also then say, how do you, how do you take that love out into the world? You know, yeah. if you say, if you say, oh yeah, I I want to embody the love I've experienced mm-hmm. both in the community. That's my my challenge too. Mm-hmm. The reason I'm so attracted to Jesus, to Jesus, you know, is like he embodied a love that's so challenging and so big, you know. But he challenges me to, I mean, I, my encounter with the Jesus through Scripture and through the life there in the church is to say, I want to. I want to take that love that I've experienced into the world. And have mm-hmm. you had, do you find opportunities for that? Just being loving like Jesus or loving because of Jesus in the world? Yeah, I think that's how I sort of try to live my life is, are my actions, you know, embodying Christ? Like, would somebody see Christ through me? And that's really what I'm trying to work on is, you know, if somebody thought of me, would they say, oh, they're, she's very Christ-like. So that's that's what I try to do. And you know, speak to God and be like, what What are you trying to do with me? How How are my interactions, like, helping you and showing Christ? Yeah. Well, you know, you've discovered things here at mm-hmm. this particular church. What would you, but what would you say this, like this particular church maybe, or churches are are lacking? What aren't they doing for people your age? Oh, I just have to say being open to questions because, you know, youth are hearing a lot of different things as they're coming up. You know, they either went to church every Sunday with their family or they've never really been to church. So they hear a lot of different things. So I think the modern church is just about answering those questions and helping peop- and helping youth along in their journey because youth are like the foundations of, you know, the next decades of the church so if we help them with their faith journey then you know as they get older in life they'll help spread that faith it's so remarkable that you know you you say those things now because we we often see people who go to you know every church deals with this people go off to college Mm -hmm. and church kind of church kind of moves to the side because you're no longer the family the family influence but you've already said i like going to church you know Mm -hmm. and but what do you imagine, you know, for yourself, like college is coming up? Do you see that faith can continue to play a part in as as you go through your college years? Uh, definitely. And I'd also like to say, yeah, the role of the church is to, like, instill in youth this faith that doesn't go away if you stop going to church. And that's what I want for myself in college is if I can't go to church every Sunday to still 
you know, read Bible verses and to still pray to God and to, you know, take that out into my daily life. So can you tell us, what are you thinking about right now? What area of study are you most drawn to? I am very drawn to engineering because it's all about, like, solving problems in math and science. Those are something that I'm really passionate about. Uh, and I know you've had an active sports life in mm-hmm. your high school. Do you think that'll yeah. carry through to college as well? Um, definitely not, but <laughs> I <laughs> but I do love to run, so I could see myself doing that for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to continue that. Up. Yeah. So have you begun the begun searching out colleges yet? I mean, I, I don't. Definitely. Yeah, you have. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I know you're saying that you're saying that your second half of your junior year, everybody's got a little bit of angst about that. Yeah. yeah? Especially mm-hmm. kids who are in a prep school that's, they're all yeah. encouraged to go to college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Laurel, you were a, a youth deacon this last year, and you said that you encountered people of different generations. We imagine that people of multiple generations are listening to this podcast right now. What message might you have for for folks out there? I think in my own experience, the more that I put God in the forefront of my life, the more I take my faith into, you know, every day. Listening to sermons at church and then actually taking what I learned from those sermons and into my life and then thinking of about, like, how small some issues might seem you know, to God, like, I think a lot of teenagers my age struggle with um, insecurity around things, and they hope that, you know, if they win an award, or if they have this great friend group, or, you know, they run really fast, (laughs) that they'll somehow not reach those insecurities, and they'll feel better about themselves, but I, I think what I've really learned is the way to rid yourself of those insecurities is to ground yourself in a deep faith of God because you're always a child of God. You can do nothing that would make him turn away from you. You know, we turn away from him, not the other way around. So that's helped me with my faith is to be like, what I'm worried about is, is that what God really wants for me? You know, how big is that to, you know, God's what God has in store for my later years. Oh, I appreciate that. That yeah. image of God is always bigger. You know? Yeah. And that sense of, I can appreciate, I can hear that in not only what you've gained here, but what you have to offer. It's mm-hmm. a sense of God is bigger than partisan. God is bigger than Protestant Catholic. Uh, you yeah. know, kind of the, uh, the divides that may exist between us. or And God is bigger than than any and every situation that we face. Mm-hmm. And uh, And... You know that you have the intellectual and spiritual curiosity to continue to grow in, in learning about that, and uh, any of us can learn from and be inspired by that. So I appreciate your mm-hmm. inspiring us today, Laurel, and wish you the best as you finish out this school year and look toward the future. Thank you. Thanks for joining us at our Out of the Park podcast series. If you like this program and would like to check out more, go to our website at www.framparkcenter.org.